There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 8 of season 4 of The Twelve Monkeys. Oh my gosh, okay. Sci-fi is getting my blood pressure up with all these shows this year. Yeah. It's like, I'm stressed and then I'm excited and then I I don't think there's a moment to calm down, really. No, there hasn't been. Okay, so let's jump into ratings news. All right, episode 8 brought in a 0.06 in adults 18 to 49 with point. 293 million viewers, making it the 113th rated cable show for the day. I don't think that's too bad, but we still haven't gotten any live plus seven. Right. Which tends to be when everything moves up a lot. Yeah. All right. And one day, I will understand, Nielsen, but probably not any day soon. No. It'll be when we get somebody else doing it instead of Nielsen. (laughs) Somebody can explain it in depth. But anyway, let's jump into episode eight, shall we? All right. Demons. Everything changes when the team finally climbs the steps and rings the bell in the Middle Ages. Climb the steps and ring the bell. Well, at least we're going to finally find out what it means, right? Yep. Well, we think so. Yeah. Let's find out. Okay. We see Cole and Cassie arriving in 1491. Of course, Titan beat them there, but that was the only way that they could lock their underpowered machine onto the place in time. Yeah, they're hitching a ride. So, yeah, you know, we knew that Titan's going to be there. The problem is getting everywhere else they need to be sooner. Right. So we see Andrus, a tortured separatist primary, self-flagellating the voices away. I'm sure that's going to totally work. Trying to. <laughs> and all those pictures that he had up. Right. And it was weird because that first picture, I thought he was just drawing. And it's like, oh, no, this is like in his blood or something. I was like, all right, this is getting creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Using your blood to draw the pictures is just not normal. A little bit over the top. Right. So, of course, Olivia drops by and offers Andrus enough right-sounding talk for him to pledge her fealty to her. Well, I thought this was interesting, too, because he's like, I didn't know you were a woman. It's like, makes me wonder if things had changed in his vision. I don't know if they were ever super clear. No. Interesting. Yeah, in all his visions, he may have just seen the witness with the the mask on. Oh, right. Because I guess at this point, it's going to be really odd for somebody to be taking orders from a woman and with her just being pretty much super powerful and especially in his eyes so this poor tortured artist so of course team splinter shows up and after dropping her gun in a pigsty in which she landed jennifer encounters a couple 
Local self-appointed keepers of the peace. Yeah. Poor Jennifer. Can't just uh, land somewhere nice and clean, eh? (laughs) And of course, our recent acquaintance, Andrus, has some sway over this hamlet. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, he's given the townspeople instructions on how to ensnare witches, primaries to us, looking for the steps. Yeah, that was pretty shady. Oh, no, it's safe. We know people. And I'm thinking, oh, these are like the keepers of the stairs or something. Right. And they'll help. And then you got this little shady act going on. It's like, what the hell? I was not cool with these people. No, not at all. And, of course, since we know Andrews turned against the other seers, we know he's really just using the town to take out the competition for it. I was a little worried for Jennifer, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... Before Andrus takes Jennifer under his axe, Chorus, a local young primary girl, frees Jennifer from her uh, imprisonment. Yeah, can we pause for a second and talk about how she had to do that? Yeah. As she's talking to her, quite normally, and throwing crap at her. Right. Literal crap. So, I'm like, first of all, I don't think I'd be picking up crap to throw at people. Right. Second of all, I... think this is probably going to give you away because you're not yelling hateful things at her. Right. You're just throwing stuff and you're like, hey, how you doing? Having a nice day? Yeah. It doesn't sound right. (laughs) No. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, oh, man, this girl's going to get busted. Right. And, well, I'm wondering if they had suspected her all along because they were watching or were they just watching Jennifer to see what would happen? Well, you would have thought they would have been watching her as well, but it seemed like they were mainly focused on Jennifer. So, Andrus needs to uh, up his game on uh, who he hires to do what in his uh, hamlet here. (laughs) Well, I'm guessing they weren't the most educated of people living out there. Right. So, of course, Cole and Cassie show up, gunning down a dozen people in front of an entire town. Yeah. Yeah, those guys were not prepared for that. No. Yeah, they're more of a hands-on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it looks like most of them only took it in the leg. But back in that time, it's still a death sentence. Oh, yeah. It's not like they're going to be able to get that all taken out and cleaned up. Nope. Because most people died from infection. That's right. So it's like, uh, I don't think you guys did them any favors. Now we go back to... The re- more recent past, shall we say, and catch up with Hannah and Emma. Now, after the uh, ballroom shenanigans, the pair of uh, time princesses catch their breath back at the Emerson. Oh my gosh, I love the holy crap moments when yes. they basically finally realize who the other one is. Yeah. But, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to work together? Are they going to still fight against each other? I mean, even though they both left their respective mothers to do what they needed to do, I don't think that they're going to be on opposite sides. But I also don't think that they're on the same side, if that makes sense. Right. It's that they're not fighting is basically what I'm I'm thinking. Now that they know what's up, I don't think they're going to start beating the crap out of each other. But I don't think they're going to be like super best friends braiding each other's hair either. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And. Emma's smart enough to know that there's no way she's going to be able to defeat Hannah in a fight. Yeah, she wasn't trained for that. No, she wasn't. (laughs) 
But I I did really love the holy crap, your mom is who? Right. Oh, great. Your mom tried to hurt my mom. Oh, and you're Hannah and you're oh, great. You know, you had that moment like you're so super screwed sitting here looking at each other. And it's just going to take a minute for them to process what had to happen and realize that the people who are after both of us don't care about either of us. They're not trying to take either one in. No. We're just going to be erased. Right. But it was also interesting that Emma finally pipes up that she knows what's going to happen. And she has been, I don't know what, trying to reconfigure Titan slightly. Right. I don't know if that's going to help or not. Yeah. So we find out that Chorus, the primary whose father is Nicodemus, is the local maker of things. And she guides Team Splinter to his uh, little shack on the hill. Yeah. Teeny tiny place. Yeah. Fortress from uh Oh my gosh, that Lord place is huge. Yeah. Right? <laughs> What the heck do you do that you have this giant place when most people are, yeah, living in what we've seen, that little hamlet? Right. So uh, as they go in, they fight what seems to be some of uh, Olivia's men. They start to fire, and they aren't falling. And they're oh so subtle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And out of nowhere, Deacon pops up. Yeah. Thanks for being quiet, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, let's uh, find out what's going on with Deacon, because that was totally unexpected. Uh, Yeah, it really was, because, I don't know, he played the other side so well Yeah, that I really wasn't expecting him to be on our side. Right, and it isn't until his conversation with Jennifer that you kind of go, yeah, there's maybe a really good possibility he is. Right. Because he wants her to take his knife. What? (laughs) Right, because this is a big thing. Yeah, especially for Deacon. Right, because that has been something that he has had since the first time we've seen him. Right, yeah, he's opening up, he's giving away his stuff, just not normal behavior for him. (laughs) Which is scary. Why are you doing this? Yeah, and of course, this heartfelt conversation he has with Cole. Oh, man, what the hell's going on here, Deacon? Yeah, why are you being so nice? Why are you doing this? What do you know? Right, so we cut to a scene we've seen previously where the primaries have gathered around, and we get to see a lot more of this scene. Finally! Yes. Because, of course, Olivia and Andrus and all his people show up to disrupt their little party. Were you ticked off? Because I was ticked off. I mean, I'm glad that we were watching this, but at the same time, I was mad. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I wanted to know more about this group. I really did. And but I was so ticked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lead seer definitely can talk some smack, as uh, he who gave it to Olivia just one right after the other. Oh my god, he was great. He's like, you don't know crap. You can only see when you're hooked up. So essentially, you can't see anything. Right. But you know what? We seen you coming. It's like, oh, okay. And I was not prepared for what ultimately was going to happen, though. Right. Because 
Olivia decides that the only way she's going to get the information on the weapon from them is to burn them in oil, break their concentration and focus. Right. And yet they seen that coming too. That's why they covered themselves in it. Right. Excuse me. (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm cool with, all right, I need to do what I got to do, but um, I don't think I'm going to help you along. Right. By covering myself in oil. But hey, that's me. I think there might be other ways to to get secrets out. But apparently Olivia's hardcore. Yeah. And of course, Andrus figures out where to go. Came in my ass, you little betrayer. Right. So, of course, the reveal and Team Splinter's own legwork puts both sides at the same place at the same time. Kind of cheating. Titan can move so fast. Yeah. The weapon both sides seeks lies waiting inside a, an abandoned, desanctified church. Which they never explained why it was desanctified, because they were taking in people who were affected by, like, the plague or something. Right. So you think, okay, helping the sick, that's holy work, right? Yeah. What the heck else happened there? I mean, are we turning into, like, something out of a horror movie? What is going on? Right. And, of course... What is it? It's another time travel machine. Just a medieval version of Jones's chair. How the heck did they figure out how to do something, though? Right. Way, way back. Yeah. How could anybody have had that kind of knowledge? It's just like, hmm. Like I said, I sure wanted more information about these primaries. and Oh, I totally did. And I kind of need an extra episode, but that's not happening. Right. <laughs> So, of course, Cole in the slowest walk towards the finish line in history never <laughs> makes it to the chair. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, bye. See you later. Okay, guys, really? Can we? Speed this right. up just a minute. Yeah. If you're afraid they're on your heels, you need to move. Right. Although, you, of course, don't want to know exactly what's going to happen. No. But I think at this point we kind of do, don't we? Yeah. So, The monkeys arrive and more guns and kind of quickly puts the idea of mounting a defense after Andrus slays Nicodemus. Now we get some weirdness happening here because Cassie and Andrus touch the clocky the same time, trying to keep it from each other. And at that same time, both of them grow a rogue stripe of white in their hair. Which is never explained. No! I feel like, okay, is that, like, time doing something, you know, and it's going to come back? But, like, they don't even mention it at all by the end of this episode. No. So I feel like this is never going to be talked about if nobody's (laughs) mentioned it at this point. No. Neither grasp the Glock, which disintegrates after flying off the bottom piece. You go, what the hell? There goes our chance. Right. (laughs) So now what, Steve? Yeah, now this gets um, pretty tough because, of course, Olivia wants to execute all of them. And sure enough, she definitely uh, goes all King Joffrey on them. Oh, my gosh. I I couldn't handle her being all like completely psychotic. Right. But just the whole what was with the OK, let's talk about this, too. I'm going to give you all killed. One at a time. Let's take... Who am I going to take first? This is... What? Yeah. God, it's like torture. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. 
But you knew something had to happen. And I kept thinking something had to happen at this point with Deacon's knife. Right. But, I mean, they never really brought that to light. No. And you go, well, how the hell is that going to come into play? I mean, it seems like it's pretty significant, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. But nothing yet. No. And, of course, she takes out Deacon. Because he volunteered for tribute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. He So he's seen something. Right. He knew something, but he didn't share it. No. And then they bring in Cole. And just as the blade's about to take his head off, he disappears. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, that was too close. It really was, because I was, like, stressing out. I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? See, this is why I said my blood pressure was going up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, suddenly everybody's confused because Team Splinter is popping out. Right. And I was really happy they were doing it. And then, of course, Cole's like, charge me up. Hurry, I got to go back for Deacon. Right. And Adler's just like, uh, we can't. Right. It's like, wait, what? We don't have enough power to do it again. Wait, I just took everybody out of there. How do we not have power for one more? Right. So then this really does make the last couple episodes look totally different if Deegan is dead. Right. Absolutely. And you go, oh, here we are at episode eight, and now we're seeing people killed off. This might not end so well. I mean, Cole has to live, right? But the way they made it sound just now that Cole can't live. Right. But I don't know. what If everybody dies, what the heck's going to happen? Right. I'm confused. Yes. And so if anybody course, can be killed, and do we think Jennifer would be one? Or do you think Jennifer would be the, one, the only one who can't be killed so she can keep this going somehow? Yeah, I think Jennifer, if they... Got rid of Jennifer, then yeah, time probably would end right there. Okay. Now, I don't want to find out, that's for sure. This losing Deacon like this was not pleasant at all. No, this was not cool. Especially seeing that he had kind of been a double agent all along. So, oh, man. <laughs> and of course, it doesn't help that the weapon's key's been disintegrated. And Olivia still uses Titan to paradox the church out of existence, knowing that Cole would want to come back to try to save Deacon. I don't know. I feel like that she kind of has to know that they piggybacked off her. There's no way they could come back. Right. But I don't know if this is good or bad. And what else could this paradox then, since you're doing that to the church? Like, you don't know. You can screw up a whole whole bunch of timelines now. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, this episode ended quite drastically it was pretty hardcore and everybody really solemn and you know now what right i mean we kind of lost what we thought was our best chance at defeating olivia you kind of go what are they going to come up with next that's going to give them any kind of chance it's sure not looking good that's for sure and the they don't use music a lot but they use music in this episode right and I thought it was a little too powerful <laughs> because it's a song that Deacon has been whistling, you know, or humming and singing kind right. of throughout the whole time, yeah. the whole series. Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. 
why are you doing this to us? Yeah. Because it's like, not only have you slayed us because of the situation, now you're going to like put it on a little more like, oh, let's spread this on real thick and watch everybody cry. Even though it was a different singer, it wasn't Simple Minds. Right. But, oh my God. Yeah. You had to stab us with a dagger in the heart and then just twist it a little bit more. You just used Deacon's knife to kill us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Terry is definitely something else. That's for sure. Oh, damn. And they did have some great lines, though. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Whenever you have young or old Jennifer... And if they're together, it's funny. Oh, absolutely. Better get cracking, egg. I love how they do that back and forth. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So what did you guys think about the episode? I am still a little shell-shocked, so I probably didn't sound super excited. But this was, oh, my gosh. I feel like they're taking away all hope from us. Right. Yeah, they're definitely making it seem like it's out of their grasp now. There is no winning. No, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. So what do you guys think? Why do you shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com or go on our website, www.fangirlzone.com and you can hit the contact page and hit any of those links and you can send us a message that way. Let us know how you feel about this. And is there hope for our team? Is Team Splinter going to pull it out of the their backside? Yeah. And save everything, or are we super screwed? Let us know what you think, and while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and any other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show, because now that it's wrapping up, they can totally binge watch, which I know is like stuff a lot of people do. I can't sit there that long. No. I get antsy. Um, But make them watch this, because you know everybody's got theories, and if they're watching when they can watch a whole bunch in a row, I have a feeling they're going to have a whole different thought right. than we've had, you know, going slowly along this journey. So we do hope you're enjoying the podcast and everything that we're doing. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Sure there is to never have existed at all. And until next time. <laughs>